Welcome to the Dream Plan Start Grow Show, where the goal is to provide you tips and tools to create and execute your business plan for success. Welcome to the Dream Plan Start Grow Show. My name is Allison Turner, and we are interviewing today Craig Duswalt um, of Rock Your Life. And he's got an interesting story because of his background. But today we're going to talk a bit, a little bit about how he went from, you worked with, I know, Guns N' Roses and Air Supply, was those two bands, correct? And then eventually started your own business. So how did you kind of transition from working for them to going on your own? I could do that. <laughs> you, can do, you can do that. Hi, Allison. How are you? I'm good. Doing good. So yeah, yeah, that's what I did. I did that. What you, said. <laughs> you, you transitioned from. So, what was the most exciting thing about working for Guns N' Roses and Air Supply? <laughs> <laughs> Where do I start? Oh my gosh. Um, let's see. Uh, well, the exciting thing with Air Supply was I literally was two weeks out of college, and I got a job at Westbury Music Fair in Long Island, New York, and worked there for two days. And Air Supply came and did two shows. And they took me away on the second show, like, because they liked the way I worked backstage. They loved my positive attitude and my energy and said, do you want to go on the road with us? And I'm like, yes. So I literally graduated college in 1983, got a job at a theater for a couple of weeks, and then Air Supply took me away. So that was really exciting because my, my mother's like, oh, my God, what are they going <laughs> to do to you? <laughs> like, you're going on the road with a band at 21 years old? And I'm like, yes, I am. So that was exciting. And just the whole world of the music world was just unbelievable. Like Air Supply at the time in 1983 to 89, when I toured with them, were huge. I mean, they had so yeah. many, so many hits. Uh, you know, every love song that you hear on the radio was pretty much Air Supply. <laughs> so, uh, so, and they attracted a lot of women to their audience, which is exciting for a young kid too. So we had that going for us. So anyway, right. so that was really exciting with Air, uh, Air Supply, and they became and are still are to this day very dear friends of mine, which is a blessing that uh, Russell Hitchcock, the lead singer, still calls my mom every time they're in New York and gets her tickets to his concert. So it's really great. Then, uh, then we went to a whole different level. I won't even say in a higher level, even though it probably <laughs> was, but it was just a different level with Guns N' Roses. And, um, you know, Guns N' Roses was high security. We had, uh, they locked us into hotels a lot oh, wow. because of the security and we had our own floor. So we were isolated really from the world because it was such high security. But at the same time, we went out and <laughs> did stupid stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, it didn't hinder the female side? <laughs> no, 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 I don't know about that. <laughs> Uh, uh -huh. but, uh, Trust me, I've heard stories of Jack's days in the, the, the there you rock go. world, so too many stories, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm aware I, of what happens. <laughs> I think we might actually trump um, Jack's stories. Yeah, I'm sure you, <laughs> I'm sure you do. And not because of me, because of Guns N' Roses. Right. Anyway, um, but that was just uh, uh, a great experience. I mean, talk about like a really high-end production, sold-out crowds, 80,000 to 250,000 people in an audience. And so the experience was just something I'll never forget, but uh, it was crazy too. And I, I did that for almost four years and I was ready to get off the road. I was like, I toured with Air Supply for like seven years, Guns N' Roses for almost four. And I just said, I'm done. I, I, I you know, everyone says, how could you leave a job like that? And I'm like, do oh. it, do it for a little while. You're in a different hotel almost yeah. every night, living out of a suitcase. You know, there's no stability in your life at all. All my friends on tour have been married and divorced 20 times. I'm still married. So, uh, <laughs> only married once. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So, anyway, it's, it was a great, great experience, a great 11 years of my life. But yeah, I walked away with, with, uh, with, with uh, uh, a healthy body and a wife. And, and I'm very happy. <laughs> Yeah, and now kids. And <laughs> so now even kids, yeah. That can yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. So how did you transition from touring with two 
rock bands to then building your own brand, which I know is now Rock Your Life, but obviously you've created that rock. <laughs> yep, right there. You're, you know, keep, kept kind of that rock in yeah. your brand, you know, and become the speaker, the author, the marketer, you know, and I know that's what, you know, you've you've run under for mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Obviously, Rock Your Life is the newest newest yeah. version of it, but you've always kept that rock piece in there. So how did you transition to that? So it was, uh, it was a process, actually. So I stopped touring in 1993, worked with Axel to 94. And then, uh, and then I got home and I said, I, I was tired. So I slept for a couple of months. <laughs> so, and, then, uh, and, then, uh, and then I had to get, you know, I got married, you know, and then I had to, we had to settle down. We were going to start a family, but um, we couldn't get pregnant for the longest time. So, so we were just working and I got a job. I, I was a marketing major in college and I did a lot of marketing with Air Supply and Guns N' Roses too, but I did um, a marketing major. And then when I stopped with Guns N' Roses, I said, I better use my major now. So I went into marketing and, um, and it was really interesting. I got a call from a temp agency and I signed up with this temp agency looking to work at an ad agency. And um, they call me one day and they say, we see here that you're a proofreader. And I'm like, uh, yeah, yep, yep, I am. Yep. <laughs> Even though I had never done it in my life, but I just wanted a job. And they hired me, uh, the temp agency hired me to work at, do you remember in the newspapers, like the New York Times, they had the movie listings. We used to look in the, mm-hmm. in the newspaper for movie yeah. listings. I used to prove those. Oh, and uh, like all the movie listings all over the United States and uh, oh. all this fine little print. So I had a magnifying glass. <laughs> and I learned on the job what the proofreading marks were. I just learned that because hmm. I needed a job. So I bought a proofreading book, learned how to <laughs> proofread overnight. And, and then I went to this job and I, I stayed there for like a month. And then an ad agency called my temp agency and I went in for an interview. And I learned this with Guns N' Roses and Air Supply. Never take no for an answer and just... Right just like just stay and i'll explain what that means in a minute so i went to an interview at an ad agency in um cutler enterprises the name in santa monica california and normalin cutler i'll never forget her she interviews me and she goes okay i have a couple more people i'm going to interview you this was for like a uh, an assistant uh copywriter and uh which that's what i really want so she says um uh, all right, we're going to interview a couple more people. And I said, well, it's like two o'clock. Do you mind if I just stay here the rest of the day? My ride isn't picking me up yet. Meanwhile, I had my car downstairs. I lied. And she, I said, uh, I'll just answer phones for you if that's okay. And I stayed there for three hours without a job. And she said at the end of the day, you know what? I, I kind of like you. Uh, I, I'm going to hire you. And she hired me. That day, I, I would not leave. <laughs> like after the interview, I didn't leave. I, I said, oh, wow. uh, I'll, I'll just hang here if that's okay. I'll answer your phones. Do you need anything done? I could write some copy for you, you know, for free. And she was just blown away. Anyway, got that job. And to make long story short, and then I got a job at a bigger ad agency. Uh, so I used my marketing degree finally, and all the things I learned with Guns N' Roses, like how to be an and air supply, how to be bigger than life, how to go above and beyond, you know, and do all those things. Right. So I incorporated that in work. And then I got a job at an ad agency that was a big one, Mustang Marketing out in Agora Hills, California. And then I went to a Tony Robbins seminar and he mm. brainwashed me and he <laughs> said, you could open your own business now. You don't need to work for the man. And so I went home, literally quit my job and I opened up my own advertising agency. <laughs> And uh, so that was all within a two-year period after touring with oh, Guns wow. N' Roses. I, wow. went, I went all in. I did all these little things. And then I just said, screw this. You know, I'm getting all the jobs. I'm doing all the work. I'm the, I'm the cop. I, I became a senior copywriter really fast. Then I became the assist, associate creative director, which went so fast. And uh, I'm, I, I guess I was really good at what I did. So they kept promoting Hopefully. me. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I, I got all these great clients. We just stayed. I know, right? I had uh, Baskin Robbins as a client, the Los oh, Angeles wow. Dodgers, ESPN, Disney, uh, all these big clients, the Academy Awards. 
So I had all these big clients and, and yet, you know, I felt like I was doing all the work and they were getting the paycheck or the checks. So yeah. like I said, I went to a Tony Robbins seminar, opened up my own ad agency and did that for like 10 years, became really great at sales because I was the guy went in and went and met the group. And a lot of the principles I teach in Rock Your Life, which used to be Rockstar Marketing, I learned, I, I used to get clients for my ad agency. Like I do this, the Volkswagen door that you know about, Allison. Yeah. Um, like things like that. I did those things to get clients. <laughs> and anyway, so I, um, I did that for 10 years. Then my wife was diagnosed with cancer in 2006, Hodgkin's lymphoma. So I kind of gave up the ad agency at the time. Plus the internet was kind of taking over and I did a lot of print advertising. So I just knew that there was going to be a transition. So I focused right. on my, getting my wife healthy. And just so you know, she's doing great. She's been cured of Hodgkin's lymphoma yeah. cancer, which is great. Yeah. Uh, so did that um, in 2006. And then I went to a seminar, uh, James Malinchak seminar uh, to become a speaker. And that day, that weekend, I became a speaker. I said, I can do this. I know. I, it, I literally, it literally was poof. I went there. There's a whole story behind it. I went there by mistake uh, to meet a friend. And I ended up staying for four days at his seminar. And you I became, have a habit of staying places, huh? <laughs> back to the staying in the place. Yes. And um, uh, it's, it's so funny. You just hit on something. I'm writing a one-man show. And I forgot, I stay at Cutler. I'm writing a note to myself because this is a story that I'm incorporating in my one-man show. And I could use the stay as the through line for those two stories. So I didn't think of that. So thank you, Allison. Yes. Um, James, I just have to write this down. Sorry, in the middle of a, uh, an interview. <laughs> this is what I do. I'm a squirrel. I do that. I'll do this. Yes. But anyway, I, I did that. Um, for um so i went to that seminar and literally that day that day those four after the four days i said i'm going to become a speaker i can do this and, and i signed up for these coaching programs i wrote four books in nine weeks because i said that's what you do and, that the, and all that these books what yeah that was this book <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah we don't suit. need to talk about those but yes it was that <laughs> I'll be sure to put that in the, the post-editing side. Yeah, you can throw that in there, <laughs> one of those four books. But it launched me, and everyone kept saying, like, like who are you? Because I did these seminars now, and everyone's like, you wrote four books in nine weeks. And I became, like, the guy that, how do you write a book in 30 days? And even though I was teaching marketing. So it all just transitioned over a process of, like, I guess 12 years to, uh, to, well, I opened my ad agency after 10 years and then two years of that learning sales. And like I did everything, sales, graphic design, um, uh, creative director, copywriting. I did all of it. And I had a graphic designer help me as well. But um, it, I learned a lot in those 10 years. And then, so I was ready and open right. to uh, being a speaker. And I, I have so much material by touring with these bands and with all the clients, like I mentioned before that I had, I have great stories. And I, so now mm -hmm. I'm a speaker. I've been doing it for, I think, uh, 16 years on stages doing um, corporate speaking, uh, keynote speaking, and I do my own events that, that Allison has been to. Yeah, so yeah. all of them. That's how I we first met. I mean, you, you, you came actually to South Florida to be, uh, you were on stage in the Women's Prosperity Network, which yep. is where Jack and I, both met you and Jack, who normally films my podcast in studio, um, I know was filming. And I think that's where Jack and I met as well, because we weren't together oh. at that point. Yeah, oh, we wow. met at that conference, at that conference wow. too. I didn't know that. Uh, oh, yeah, cool. we met there as well. And then you were the speaker and he was filming and and I was an attendee. So Oh, that's great. I had such a good Nancy Matthews, Trish Carr, uh, yeah. Wiener, uh, Sue. Susan, just great, yeah. great, great, great people. I love Women's Prosperity Network. I've spoken there a few times, actually. Um, yeah. And I yeah. love going there. And my sister lives in Florida, too, so I get to visit her. So Yeah, she was in the yeah. same city. Yeah, she lives near you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, somewhere. I don't know where, but <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> somewhere <there>. close by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, there. One, yeah, exactly. One of these areas. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about branding for a minute, because obviously you pulled the branding from your 
rock days with air supply and guns and roses and brought it into then rockstar marketing yep. and now rock your life so what prompted you to do that like what was yeah. the i mean yeah it, it, well it, it, it's obvious now but it wasn't obvious to me <laughs> right. when it started so this is really this is a, a great question because i have the greatest answer for this because <laughs> Uh, when I when I first started as a speaker, when I went to James Valencheck seminar, I went home and I said, all right, what can I do to help businesses? And I knew it was going to be marketing. But I knew because I charged so much money at my ad agency, mm -hmm. like I used to charge $10,000 to do a one sheet. Now <laughs> you can go to Fiverr. Yeah, com, I know. Get them for 20 bucks, you know? Yeah, I but know. That's my, my competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but back in the day, before right. the internet stuff, I charged a lot of money, and I, but I said to myself that the internet was now coming, and all these uh, right. resources were available to us. I decided I wanted to teach people, business people, entrepreneurs, how to save a ton of money on marketing and advertising. So I, 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 I thought I came up with this great idea, and this is where this picture is. I became <laughs> America's shoestring budget coach and i taught people to save a ton of money on marketing and advertising so then i had my first event and um i, I tried to sell a coaching program a shoestring budget coaching program <laughs> no one had any money <laughs> and go and go figure nobody signed up because i just told them not to spend any money on marketing and advertising and then right. i tried to sell them a package it's genius <laughs> so I went to a mastermind, my, uh, uh, James Malinchak had a mastermind session and I'm sitting in the mastermind sex session. And this is when I first started after I wrote those four books and released them. It was marketing your small business on a shoestring budget, uh, creating wealth on a shoestring budget, a bunch of shoestring budget books. And I had released them and printed them already. And then I go to this mastermind and I'm so proud and I'm sitting there, <laughs> look at my new books. I'm America's shoestring budget coach. And then this lady, Marlene Green, I'll never forget her. She goes, she pulls me aside. She goes, all right, in the introductions, you just told us all that you toured with Air Supply and Guns N' Roses and these great stories. And then you share that you're America's shoestring budget coach? <laughs> like, dude, what is up? And I said... And it's interesting, right? I'm the marketing guy. I could see that for other people, but I could not, I didn't think of that for myself. I'm like, and I said to her like, huh, I don't know why I'm America's Christian <laughs> budget coach, but you bring up a good point. So I went back upstairs that night and the next morning I came, I, I was like stressing out because I just printed all these books. But she's right. And James was like, same thing. Everyone's like, dude. And Davey Tybersky, who's a friend of mine, he was at that uh, seminar as well. He came up with my tagline. So anyway, I came downstairs the next day and I said, all right, everybody, how about this? I'm changing everything. Rockstar <laughs> System for Success. And then I, I came up with a tagline and Davey said, I like this better. How to achieve rockstar status in your industry. And mm -hmm. the everything Rockstar was born. So I wrote Rockstar System for Success, yeah. which I teach people how to save a ton of money on marketing and advertising. But I branded it way cooler yeah. than shoestring budget. And now like I'm, I'm a Rockstar speaker and everywhere I speak, everyone's like, oh, the Rockstar is coming. I'm not a Rockstar, <laughs> but right. my brand says, it's Rockstar. So then I started Rockstar Marketing and I did that for a while. But then so many people, you know, this is where I adjusted the brand a little bit. So it was Rockstar Marketing. I could not get the trademark for Rockstar no. Marketing because Rockstar Energy Drink and numerous Rockstar Games came after me, cease and desist. And I'm like, I'm not even in the same boat. And they're like, well, we do seminars too. I'm like, great. So at the <laughs> same time, uh, many people in my mastermind you know, when I have coaching calls, they wouldn't ask me marketing questions, even though it's a marketing mastermind. They would ask me, 
how do I get unstuck? How do I organize? How do I do time management? So I, I became a freaking life coach. So uh, <laughs> you know, I hate being a life coach. Oh, yeah, so, I find that's what you do in this industry too. Right? I mean, like I, yes. I do marketing and I'm like, I feel like I'm half the time I'm like holding your yeah. hand on like how to organize to yes. get me the content. I'm like, I need content. I need content, <laughs> yes. But first I have to organize my desk, I guess, right? So anyway, so um, I, I, that's when I said, you know what? I listened to the universe. I could not get the trademark. Everyone was saying, you know, I'm a life coach now, which I'm not. Uh, but that's when I came up with Rock Your Life. So it's a, even though I do business seminars, but I also do health things and, and I do a lot of other things too. So Rock Your Life was available as, as far as trademarking. So I trade Rock Your Life, I trademark Rock Your Life. I own a bunch of classes in my yeah. trademark as well. So I've dominated the Rock Your Life world. It's mine and you know everything, which feels really, really good actually. That I this is my brand, and and then I brand it everywhere. Like I have a golf cart outside that you guys can't see. It's a Rock Your Life golf cart, and it's red uh -huh. and black. So everywhere my golf balls, I have Rock Your Life on it. So everywhere I go, everything is Rock Your Life, and that's a a great teaching point as well. Is like mm -hmm. yeah, you can come up with a brand. But then you gotta, you know, promote the brand everywhere you go. And that's my only brand. It's Rock Your Life. Now I have offshoots from it, right. but still the brand is Rock Your Life. And you gotta do that, you know. Yeah. No, I mean I think that's an important thing because I mean so many entrepreneurs, you know, they'll come up with their brand, whatever that is, and they'll come up with some name and then, you know, you see it. Their website looks one way and then they're business card looks completely different than yeah. their website. And then, yeah. you know, a, a brochure looks completely different. So maybe the same name. Yeah. But, you know, I always teach like branding needs to be consistent. So it needs yeah. to be the same colors. It needs yeah. to be the same, like, you know, the font, the everything's yeah. got to be consistent. You can't have like the logo look one way and the website looks one way. And then all of a sudden, you know, your brochure yeah. is like, I mean, I always see that with attorneys, especially because they're, oh. you know. Because <laughs> they have no idea how to market. They just know attorney no. stuff. So I, I do like Rockstar uh, Power Program with James Barber. So we still use the Rockstar font for that. Um, turn it up I'm doing with Ken Walls. We have a fun little type of same font, but it's different. So I do do all two. <laughs> no, it's it is. It, it's, <laughs> well, turn it up has that feel, but it's definitely a different, right. it's, it's a whole different thing. But anyway, uh, yeah, my colors are red and black. The, that word rock. Uh, that font is my font and um yeah we put it everywhere yeah. <laughs> especially so in the lobbies of hotels when i when i when i do, do events i just i put so many banners up yeah i, I know <laughs> yeah. so does russell brand yeah yeah so what were your greatest challenges when you started like your own business so the rockstar marketing first yeah. and then obviously now this brand so it was um, the discipline because, you know, I'd been, you know, touring with bands for so long and you, you do have a boss, but it's not a corporate boss. Right. So right. it's totally a different world. You know, you're kind of on your own. You're you're almost entrepreneur like because, well, I wasn't a 1099. I was hired by the band. But um, and so I got a, a paycheck like a 10 uh, W2, I mean. So, but still, you're still kind of your own thing, you know, you don't have to report uh, at nine in the morning, you know, every day, nine to five. It was like, it was 24 seven, the job, you right. know, it was just, you had to be on call at all times. So I had, an, I, I, yeah, I guess it was a challenge when I first started like doing, uh, getting jobs, like those little jobs that I got, they were nine to five jobs. And that was a huge challenge for me because <laughs> I had to like dress up, not in a suit, uh, but the first two jobs I had to wear like nice slacks and a button up shirt. And I'm like, I can't wear Doc Martens and a t-shirt. <laughs> <that doesn't> <laughs> and uh, so I did that. And then I had my own ad agency, but you know, when you play the game, you got to wear a suit because you're meet, meeting with the corporate people. And right. at the time I, you know, I did that. So I wasn't used to that. And it was just, I, I had a, I had a, um, a disconnect. Like I was doing it for 10 years, but I didn't feel it was me. I was just always like, God, I, I can't believe I have to wear a suit today. I have to, 
because I just <laughs> never did that. I know that sounds like petty and stupid, but no. I grew up, my whole young adult life was on the road with bands for like, you know, right. 11, 18, I mean, whether well, it was a gap in, I don't know, 13 or 14 years. But anyway, uh, but the biggest challenge was um, when I opened my own ad agency, uh, now I can dress the way I wanted. And if I wanted to go to a meeting, so the dress was handled. But now I had to go be disciplined and I had to go get clients because if I didn't get the client, we ain't doing any work. So every day I had to make sure that I spent time with sales, contacting people. Then I had creative time where I worked with my creative team to do the ads and come up with ideas for ads and brochures and all that. And then at the same time, we're trying to have kids. So, you know, it was this, <laughs> this challenge of like very structured and, and, and discipline. Like you have discipline touring with Guns N' Roses and Air Supply, trust me, you have to, but it's, it's, it's more of a laid back discipline. Like, like Guns N' Roses, if you miss the plane, they try, like if you're late for <laughs> a plane, we had our own plane. And if you're late, they actually try to leave without you just to, as a prank, <laughs> which is horrible. So the discipline came out of necessity, really. Right. Like if, if I don't get on that plane, they're going to leave me. And then I got to get to Oklahoma City by myself, right. you know, in, in yeah. a commercial airplane. So, so I had that. But when you're on your own, you got to wake up every morning and I want to watch ESPN and I don't want to really do work today. I'd rather go play golf. <laughs> you know, that's the hard part. And that's the challenge that you have to do it yourself. And like life happens and things go wrong. And like, so now I'm on the other side teaching entrepreneurs how to be rock stars in their business. And as you know, I have like 150 people in my mastermind and 120 of them never show up to our monthly calls or, or events. And it's really interesting. So, you know, mm -hmm. I, I try to teach them you know, you, you got to be disciplined in order to be an entrepreneur. You got to do things right. every day to further your business. And I think that's the biggest challenge that I had when I started as an entrepreneur. Now I'm locked in, but I, I was hard. It was hard to be disciplined and doing the same thing every day and, you know, doing, and I had to make the cold calling. Oh my gosh. I had to cold call <laughs> and I hated cold calling. Oh, that's yes, why too. I came up with these outside the box marketing ideas like a Volkswagen door and all those things. So I wouldn't have to cold call, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. That was a big challenge, the discipline and doing the sales myself, cold call. <laughs> but I find that, I mean, I know some of the people in your, your mastermind, they're in multiple programs because I yeah. hear them talking about other programs. So I also find that sometimes entrepreneurs, especially the solopreneur entrepreneur type of person that, is often, you know, like, where's that next shiny object of like oh, yeah. the next, the next program? Like what's the next magic bullet <laughs> that's going to help you. And so that yeah. may be too, why some of them don't, you know, don't show up because they're in like eight different. Well, that's things. now back to another uh, issue with people's focus, right? right? So many people like, uh, there's one lady in our mastermind, I'm not going to mention names, but she's in no. like eight, nine or 10 different programs. <laughs> I'm like, well, uh, I mean, I believe in being in two because you could get yeah. two different ideas. But I did. Right. I, I was in two for a long time and I, I, I'm still in one. And so I still do it. But anyway, when you're in like, so those become seminar junkies, right? They literally go to seminars, they sign up for whatever is offered at the seminar and then they don't do anything. And then they go to another seminar and sign up for that one and then don't do anything. And I try to, share to people like in in mine for example this just i'm just talking about mine uh i have so many resources in mind that you really don't have to be in another one because i'm not the end all i have other people that can help other people do things like ken walls and you and uh many other people in our mastermind that could do things for people so right. like you, you should only be in one or two at the most but you're right the shiny object you know and <laughs> and that is a problem with entrepreneurs they 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 uh they, they're not disciplined to stay focused on what, you know, the goal is. What is the goal? What do you want to do? What do you need to achieve? I always, you know, this thing, I always walk around with this thing, a calculator. Everything I do has to be a number. 
like my events. I need to know how much I need to sell in sponsorships or lunches before I even get to a seminar. You know, I know my numbers like all the time. If someone asks me numbers, I know my numbers. A lot of people have no idea. I just did a yeah. seminar the other day and I, we asked, so what are your numbers? And this person went, uh, I, don't, numbers? I don't know, actually. Uh, <laughs> let me go look that up when I get home. I'm like, oh my gosh, you should know your numbers. Well, yeah, you want to know if you're making money or if it's... Right, uh, <laughs> otherwise you're probably going negative every single Yeah, exactly. You know? More than likely. But I, yeah, I mean, probably. I think that's, you know, the, the, some of the challenges is like, you know, figure out what your vision is for the company, whatever that yeah. is. And yeah. then, you know, does this align with my vision? So is this going to help me move forward on my vision or is this not going to help me move forward? Yeah. On the vision, you know? I mean, yeah. and, well, and that's why uh, that's a big thing. A lot of people don't know their vision. So that's why right. they go to these seminars and they change their vision because they hear something really cool on stage <laughs> and they're like, oh, that's my vision. That's and a then new they vision. <laughs> Wait, that's my vision. You know, it's like you got to be you got to you got to do the work and you got to figure out like what it is. Like I I put on two I used to call them big events, but I'm focused on doing focusing on doing smaller events. But anyway, I put on two small to big events a year uh, and then I have a mastermind and then I do a monthly calls and stuff like that. I know exactly what I do and that's all I do. And then I have a guest speaker on other stages. And now I've offshoot with the, a couple of other little things that I do, little programs. But that's because I've been doing this for 16 years and I got this right. dialed in, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned speaker and obviously we talked about you as a speaker before, but what's the best way? So some people that may be watching this maybe want to become a speaker. Mm -hmm. You know, so besides going to a workshop and saying, now I'm a speaker, <laughs> what you did. <laughs> Which is what I did. <laughs> but how do you, what's the best way for new speakers to get speaking gigs? Obviously, if they're not going to put on their own event yet, mm -hmm. you know, to go and get guests, you know, to be a guest speaker at someone else's event. Well, uh, first, <laughs> it, it, this is going to sound so basic and stupid, but you'd be surprised how many people don't even do this. You have to tell everyone that you're a speaker. And that means on your website, your speaker. Right. If on the first page of your website, if you want to be a speaker, book Craig as a speaker at your next event. Should be in big letters. Put your name instead of my name. It would help you better. <laughs> Why do you want to book you? <laughs> you could put you could put that on your sites, everybody. Book me as your speaker. That would be great. <laughs> but uh but you got to tell everyone you're a speaker everywhere. So this is all I do. Everywhere I go, what do you do? I'm a speaker. I, I'm a keynote speaker for corporations and I put on my own events. Oh my God, you you speak at corporations? Yes. Oh my gosh, I, I, I put on events. At, I help with the uh, book speakers at my shop. Happens all the time. I just was at a party last month and some lady books uh, speakers at this gigantic thing for 10,000 people. Oh, wow. And she's putting me on the list. We'll see nice. what happens. I hope I, I hope I get in, but you know I'm pretty confident I will. But it's because I at a party I said I'm a speaker, I'm a keynote speaker. That's all I do is keynote speaking. Even though I have offshoots, if you want right. to be a speaker, that's all you have to do is tell people you're a speaker, and then you got to put it on your website. But there's a million other things that you can do. Now I believe Allison just said, you know, you can start out speaking on other stages. I believe that you need to do your first event as well. Now, that does not have to be a big event. It could be a lunch and learn. It could be for 10 people at the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, but mm -hmm. you should put on your own event. And like I said, even if it's just 10 or 20 people, that's totally fine. But just know, uh, just let the world know that you are doing events as well, because then other speakers will contact you and try to trade stages. So I, my first event, I had like, 200 and something people, which was incredible. I wow. sold a $97 ticket in Santa Clarita, California. I got 235 people to come to my first event. I was shocked. Yeah, um, that's great. And then I had a couple of guest speakers. And uh, and that day, even though I was my first event and I hadn't spoken on anyone else's stage yet, I did my first event like right away. But I was a, I was a business leader in my community at the time so it was easy for me to get people to sign up 
And and I, I told right. everyone, I'll tell you a lot of Guns and Roses stories if you come. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I did get a lot of people. I got, like I said, 235. But uh, from that day on, and you don't have to do 235, but from that day on, the speaker world was like, who the hell is Craig Doeswald? Like, where did this guy come from? He wrote four books in nine weeks. His first event has 235 people at it. Like, who is he and where did he come from? Like, the speaker world was like, I have no idea who this guy is, but I need to know him. And I started getting booked on stages because they wanted to now be on my next event, knowing that I'm still going to get like 200 people at my next event. So while it is easy to start as a guest speaker first, I would throw in, try to at least to do some sort of small event, don't spend a lot of money, do it at a community room in your neighborhood or a golf course. They have like uh, banquet rooms. You don't have to do it at a big hotel, but just, you know, explore that. Big thing, yeah. just tell everyone you're a speaker. And I think the important thing you just said there is, you know, think economical, you know, yeah. especially for your first event. I mean, we oh, just yeah. had a, a friend of ours, you know, Jack knows her a little bit better and he actually filmed this event, but it was, she had changed brands. So she's been a mediator. Then she went into like coaching and then now she's doing more law of attraction arena. And so she's changed, she's updated her brand and she did her first event. Well, she held it at the convention center in West Palm beach, which means, ah. you know, everything was super expensive. You know, the audience, you know, I think she had an okay audience, but it was a smaller event, you know, because it was her first event. And uh, but the convention center is not cheap. So, yeah, Jack's like, no, next no time, like, come to us. There's rooms to rent at the chamber. There's rooms to rent. You know, there's other places where you can, you know, do this type of event. They'll be happy to have you. But for a whole lot less, because I think she paid. I can't remember what Jack told me she paid for the room. It was some it's like, some, you know, several thousand dollars. Yeah. Just for the room, you know, and not let alone, you know, Jack was on top of that. And then yeah. then she realized she didn't have, you know, the microphones at one point yeah. and they charged her like, I don't even know, $1,500. <laughs> I mean, yeah. was, Jack's like, you know how much they charge for an HDMI cord? I'm like, uh, let's say 150. He's like, yep. <laughs> I was like, like to use crazy? an HDMI cord, their HDMI yeah. cord. You could have brought your own stupid HDMI cord, yeah. but they charge her like 150 to use no, theirs. No, they charge you to look at their HDMI cord. <laughs> <laughs> they do. It's hard. Yeah. So yeah. So I look when I moved. I just moved. You know, as you know, two two and a half years ago to Dallas, Texas, North Dallas, and I had to start all over. Right. I had to find a community here of entrepreneurs. Yeah. I had to find places to do seminars. And in my office building, my wife and I have an office in that building. There's like actually 10 buildings in one of the buildings is this conference room that seats uh, 70 people and it's four hundred and fifty dollars for the day. But you don't need any AV because it comes with the microphone. It comes with the screen. There are also four other TVs that the back of the audience can see. Everything is done. There's a kitchen in the back if you want to store water. So everything is done for 450 bucks right? And, and for 70 people. I mean, if you're running a business, anyone could do that. Even if 20 people show up yeah. for 450, just to get your name out there that, that, that's, that you're a speaker. And then you just put it everywhere. Greg Duzzle speaking in North <laughs> Dallas at the da 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 da, you know, and just, right. just tell people. And once they see that you're doing your own event or that you're speaking, even if it's virtual, and it's very easy to get virtual events right. right now to be a guest on a virtual event. And the easiest way to get to be a guest on a virtual event is to write a book or <laughs> do your own podcast or do some live streaming. So you have an audience and then people know that you actually do what you do. Right. Um, does that process as well. Yeah. But it's, it's basically it's marketing, right? Just telling everybody that you do this. Yeah. Over and over and over, over and over, over and over again. <laughs> I do that. Be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> and be consistent. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to switch the subject a little bit and talk a little bit about learning and how the, like the importance of learning, you know, even if you've been in business for yourself for 10 years, 15 years, five years, you know, you've never really quote unquote made it technically, unless you're ready to sell the company, but um, 
you know, I think the one thing I know, like Jack and I are in the turn it up mastermind with you and Ken. And the one thing I know you've talked about is, you know, how now you're automating a lot more of your processes, even though you've had certain softwares before, maybe it's not been fully automated, you know, and now you're really updating everything. I know with Ken's help, um, you know, but that we can always learn and we can always like expand Mm-hmm. what we're doing and, and make things more efficient. Yeah. Hey, I'm too old to work. You know, I just want to... <laughs> you want to go play golf? <laughs> I just want to press buttons and things happen now. So anyway, I have so many references to this. You know, Ken is my most recent. Um, but um, so so with Ken, like I, I'm good at some things and Ken is really good at other things. So we came together and, and like you said, now I have all these processes that I use now in my business and I never did that before. So I'm not proud, too proud to say, I don't know that. I asked for help and not only asked for help, but I partnered with somebody that's better than me at that. (laughs) As far as learning, look, I've been, I, when I sell my mastermind, offer my mastermind at my events, I, I hope people understand that I have done this myself. I, when I first started as a speaker, I spent, I spent $20,000 in two masterminds, like right away. I, I said I joined two and I, I spent 20,000 bucks, like, and I didn't have $20,000 at the time, but I knew <laughs> that these two people were doing exactly what I wanted to do. And instead of me trying to figure it out, I just asked questions. I just went to that. You know, I do these one day events and Allison, just so everyone knows, was going to fly in for one day. She's my kind of person. <laughs> I'm glad she didn't because something happened. But anyway, um, I used to do this all the time. My coaches had one day events in Vegas and Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Vegas and Virginia. And I lived in Los Angeles. So Los Angeles to Vegas one day, but I would do that all the time. I would right. fly in for a four hour meeting in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I would fly to Virginia from Los Angeles for a one day seminar on something that I need to know because I was in that program. And it boggles my mind that I do these one day things. Uh, I've been doing it for years and years and years. And people say, well, I, I, I live in California. I can't come to Texas. And why? Well, because uh, I'd have to fly there. I'm like, great. Right. <laughs> right. That's why they have airplanes. That's what, that's what well, we do. Yeah, now so it makes it, I mean, for me, it makes it easier because you're in Texas. I mean, like, if it was a one-day event to California from Florida, no, maybe not. That. Maybe not. I totally, uh, totally understand that. Totally understand. Texas is right. much easier. So much easier. That's why I moved here. I'm in the middle. I am easy for everybody, easier for everybody. But look, you know, if you're doing, if you're running a business, and you want to be better and you want to take a shortcut because someone knows something that you don't know. I don't care if it's in Los Angeles and uh, Florida. I would I'd go out there because what I do is I'll make it worth the trip because I'll set something else up out there. I'll stay there for two or three days and meet with somebody else because I know right. a lot of people all over the country. So I would just meet with somebody and make sure that that trip is worth it. You know what I mean? So I would do that. But continually to this day, I'm in the Genius Network with Joe Polish. I didn't join last year because of COVID, but it was $25,000 a year and I was in it for three years and then COVID hit. So I'll probably join again in January. Talk about continual learning. Like I'm, you know, without being egotistical, I'm pretty much at the top of one of the people at the top of my industry. I put on big events. I'm very successful as a speaker. I have a large mastermind. I'm doing very, very well. I really don't need, but that would that would be wrong because I know so many more people know so much more than I do. So I continue to learn every day. And to tell you the truth with the internet and, and <laughs> social media and all, but it changes every day. Uh, so even if I learn something, 20 years ago, even if I learned something two years ago, it's different (laughs) now. And I'll give you a great example, the music industry. So I I was an expert in the music industry. I mean, I toured with Air Supply at the time, huge, and Guns N' Roses, 
the mm-hmm. largest band in the world at the time. And you could argue that they're still one of the most successful bands of all time. And I was there for four years watching it all happen. So I learned a ton of stuff with them. <laughs> and uh, But I uh, still continue to want to learn. Oh, oh, my point was in that music industry, I knew so much. But now I'm managing my kids' bands and <laughs> I don't know this new music industry at all. No. It is totally different, as Jack knows. It, it's like when I, I was there a while ago, but you would think it's, ah, it's got to be the same. Nope, totally different. <laughs> so now I got to relearn that. So we're always learning. And if you think that you know it all and you don't need to learn anymore, you're going to lose. You're going to lose in one year because they'll all pass you if you don't continue to learn. Right. Right. I think you have to continue to innovate and update and, oh, yeah. and uh, you know, figure out where things are going. Because like you said, I mean, your, your marketing degree that you got in college probably doesn't really hold anything today. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I don't even know why they even want to know that I had a marketing degree anymore. It is useless. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Totally. I, mean, I took I mean, I got my MBA in what? Oh, eight. So I went back to get my master's and yeah. You know, and but a lot of those classes are. are yeah, it was really interesting. I just went. I just explored getting my master's because I want to teach at a college after I like retire, which I never will do. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I I just looked at the um, at the marketing stuff, and I'm like, damn, I I do know all that. I I know it all because I think I've been in the industry for so long that you. I I think I actually know more than what they're teaching now at. Probably, you know, I mean, because part of the challenge in some colleges and I won't say all of them, but a lot of them are the professors, if they have PhDs, haven't been in the industry, like they haven't had their own business or they haven't had they're teaching, you know, whatever the the, textbook stuff is, but they haven't actually owned their own business. I mean, that was one of the things like I realized in my MBA program is, you know, like I would I worked for this marketing professor who had his PhD, but. I don't think he had ever owned his own company. I'd rather I'd rather learn from somebody that had their own that was doing what I want to do. Like I I would rather instead of you teaching how to be a speaker and you've never been a speaker before. I'd rather you be a speaker (laughs) now. And James Malinchak brings up a good point, too. Like he still speaks and he has a coaching program. But there's speaker coaches out there that haven't spoken on stages for 20 years, but they're just speaker coaches. I don't want them. They don't know what's going on now. <laughs> right. They have no right. idea what's going on. In no. the industry. Yeah. So yeah. That's why I, I think that's, it. yeah. I mean, cause I got my MBA with the emphasis in sports management. So yeah. that was my focus instead of like marketing or finance or whatever. And, but we had all the classes I took in that side were professors that were brought in like from the local college that you know for in the in the athletic department or from and i had to intern within that field so like that's where for me that's where the benefit was was that versus like the core classes of the mba which is what obviously gets you the the mba but (laughs) well backwards (laughs) yeah exactly hey they should just give me an mba right now because I know it all anyway. I yeah, kind of like the, the PhD that people with all these yeah, the, the you know, Bill Gates gets or whatever, you know. Yeah, I want the honorary MBA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes, I mean, if we look at community colleges, because I've looked at looking teaching at like a community college, I and mean, I yeah. don't remember, I mean, most of them have the master's thing, but there may be some that could like. Oh, no, no, no. At a community college, I do not have to have a master's yeah. at all of them. Uh, they would, they, I, I would be hired because I've, I've looked into this. Because I have real world experience right. and a marketing degree, uh, right. a bachelor's degree. So yeah. that would be okay. It's just the bigger universities. I yeah. think I need a master's to teach. Yeah, probably, probably. TCU. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. At TCU, yeah. I, need a <laughs> I was going to say TCU. Even though I know more than their teachers. Right, exactly. <laughs> Although there's this one teacher that my kids both had in marketing. He's great. Uh, oh, I don't good. know him. But they've explained and told me things. I'm like, dude, that is good. That's good. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. So as we start to wrap up for today, I always ask at the end of every interview, if there was one tip you could give someone that wanted to start a business that either Mm -hmm. you knew starting the business or maybe you learned along the way, what would that be? That you have to be passionate about that business. So 
Many people that I know start a business because <laughs> they go, I just want to make money. I hear right. you can make a lot of money in that business. So I'm going to do that. And I think personally a recipe for disaster. You must be passionate about what you're doing. Like I wake up every day. I love doing these podcasts. I love speaking on stages. I love uh, getting a speaking gig and, and flying out there. And then they, they pick you up at the airports and they, and they uh, fly you out first class. And then they, they bring you, uh, uh, someone picks you up at the airport and they bring you to the venue and they bring you to your room. You know, they treat you like the rock star because you're the speaker. That's exciting for me. I love that. And then I'm writing a one-man show right now because I was an actor, you know, in my other life. And um, and so I wanted to do that. And that's why I think I'm a, a good speaker is because I have training in acting. Mm -hmm. So I, I knew that when I became a speaker that I, this was something that I didn't know that you could do this for a living. Like way back, I was like, you could get paid as a speaker. I never knew that. <laughs> like, when I went to the event, I'm like, oh, my God. But I knew when I became a speaker, that my whole life, well, I was destined to be a speaker. And all the other things that I've done with Guns N' Roses, Air Supply, ad agencies, all those amazing clients was prepping me for being a speaker. So once again, I am so passionate about speaking. I love doing it every day. Right. I love putting on events. And that's why I'm successful. If I hated doing <laughs> this every day, but it made money, Oh my, I'd be, you know what I mean? You just, you can't do it. You're not going to no. be successful. So make sure that what you're doing and anyone can make a, a money in anything these days. You can make money right. pretty much in anything if yep. you have the passion for it and you just love doing it, love doing it. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone had any questions for you or wanted to learn more about your events, what's the best place or how would they yep. reach you or... So the uh, website for my events is rockyourlifeconference.com. Everything is there, rockyourlifeconference.com. And my email is craig at craigdoeswalt.com. So it's craig at C-R-A-I-G-D-U-S as in Sam, W-A-L-T as in Tom.com. Craig at craigdoeswalt.com. Or you could just Google rock star speaker and I'm yeah, all over the place right. and believe me. <laughs> or Google you. You'll and... find me because I tell everyone I'm a speaker. <laughs> I'm everywhere. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Well, thank you very much for joining thank you, Allison. me today. I appreciate it. And again, my name is Allison Turner. And if you have any questions for me, you can go to dreamplanstarkrow.com or email me at success at dreamplanstarkrow.com. So thank you again. And I will see everyone next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Dream Plan Start Grow podcast with Allison Turner. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Join the Dream Plan Start Grow community by following us on Facebook or Instagram at Dream Plan Start Grow. See you in the next episode. <laughs>